ever dreamed that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. You know they call me DJ Kevy Cavs, right? <laughs> say say and the one. And we are live. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Episode 68. Episode 68. I'm I'm very excited about this one. I think I'm a little more excited, excited about the are. next. Next one's going to be great. Yeah, episode 69. This one's going to be really good. This but one's the gonna be number fun. of the episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll bring out Brian's childish side. <laughs> as you heard, uh, the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Um, in terms of lyrics, it's not exactly relatable to the material we're talking about tonight. We're not talking about Norse mythology. Although that would be fun. About, yeah, yeah. Perhaps on the next uh, aftermath. Uh, we are talking about the immigration situation at the border. I say the situation. Some people are saying crisis, but it's definitely it's something that has to be handled really quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's not good what's going on. So we've seen in the last week, I believe, a 30% increase mm-hmm. in immigration of unaccompanied children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the number as of a, a day or two ago was up in like the 4,700 people range, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's astronomical. And, and the issue isn't necessarily, well, depending on who you are and your political affiliation, the issue is not necessarily the people coming over the border, not just the number, but the fact that we don't have, especially for the, the younger, the teens and the children, we don't really have the accommodations for them. Not saying not the space, yeah, but... we don't have the faculty. We have the facility. Right. We don't have the faculty. We don't right. have the ability. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you have all these unaccompanied children coming over, and, and this is not a knock at anything or at anybody, but we're, what you're doing is so you've got these ICE agents that apprehend them or bring them to wherever uh, safe haven they may bring them to. Um, mm-hmm. And you're having these either the, the ICE workers or other workers have to basically, um, for lack of a better term, babysit. 
Yeah. Which is, again, not saying it in a bad way, just saying it, calling it as it is. Well, yeah, I mean, um, if you're an eight-year-old, you gotta, you got to have a guardian. Right? Yeah. You have to have yeah. someone watching over you and, and all that. And, you know, in the last few years, we've had situations where um, in detention centers, there have been a lot of very, very bad, evil things happening. And, you know, they haven't been fully handled yet. But, you know, that that just goes to show you that this is a, a very difficult situation. And what I would like to do first, Kev, yeah, is bring a little humanity, a little empathy first. Oh, you always do. And I'm okay with that. So, so when we're discussing immigration, a lot of times what we end up doing is focusing on the United States perspective, our border, our territory, and what we have to do. And what I would like to do first is recognize <clears throat> that these people are coming not because they want just a better life. They want to live. They want to be able to survive. And, and I want to highlight you know, three of the major com uh, countries that they are coming from. The first one is Honduras, right? And, you know, I, I found this nifty article that kind of put paints things into, you know, a really nice perspective here. The gross national income per capita, so per person, the gross national income is $2,150 in Honduras. 60.9% of the people live in poverty. It's the second poorest country in uh, Central America. And because of this unequal wealth distribution, we have a lot of gang wars. Um, they have what's called a war tax. So um, militant groups will quote unquote protect people. So they have to pay for protection. And you think back to like the old mafia days, right? Exactly right? What I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Sopranos or The Godfather. And you, you know, you had that kind of um, means of, of creating income for yourself by quote unquote protecting. And you really weren't doing anything. Uh, so, so, you know, people are, are fleeing. You were really seeking. paying them to not ransack your business. Yeah, you were paying, business. Yeah. yeah, you were paying them to secure you from them really. And that's what's going right. on here. And there's a lot of, a lot of violence in this country. So people are seeking asylum here. And this is another aspect that has to be explained is, you know, the difference between immigration and seeking asylum. And there is, it, it's very different even in the law of our land. Um, El Salvador is another country. Um, the gross national income per capita is $3,920 a year. 38% of people um, live below the poverty line. And then we have one of the highest uh, crime rates and homicide rates in the entire world there. Um, a very similar situation where they're running away from poverty and they're running away from, from um, gang warfare. And then finally, we have Guatemala. Um, Guatemala, 59.3% of people live below the poverty line. And just to highlight that, 23% of those live in extreme poverty, meaning they live on a dollar twenty-five a day. I think it's so important when we talk about immigration or asylum-seeking individuals or whatever the case is, we have to acknowledge that we are part of the global community. And what are we doing to help the global community? These people are running to our borders 
Now, there are issues when it's not just a wave, right? It feels like it's a tsunami right now. And that's why it's becoming a crisis. It has to be dealt with. Now, when we look back, you know, Obama, the Obama administration had an immigration policy that was less than stellar, but it was better than the man before him. And it was better than the man before him. And it was better than the man before him. And, and you just keep going down the line. It's kept getting improved, but it was nowhere where it needed to be. You know, people always like to bring up the, the Trump administration and the cages and, oh, well, they got those cages, you know, under the Obama administration. And that's true. Um, but one of the main issues is is Trump, you know, had a very, very, very um, rigid immigration policy that was almost dehumanizing. And now Biden is kind of playing catch up just to get back to where Obama was. And even that wasn't a good enough position. So I think we're we're in this very difficult position and just out of curiosity what did you find and i'm not disagreeing with yeah, you yeah. what did you find dehumanizing about the trump era uh immigration policy yeah so they had they had a, a policy where it was they would turn away even migrant children at the border the entire four years uh i think it came about in what 2017 when he he set forth his new immigration policy um so about three of, of the four years. And then, you know, there was the element of um, tearing families apart on purpose as a deterrent, uh, which we later found out was true, you know, with um, memos and, and discussions would, and stuff like that yeah. that came out later. People that, who crossed illegally would, would have um, their children taken away from them. Yeah, and, and it's like, okay, you know, that that's... The, Part of processing, the, right? The, the, and the argument to that is to, and again, I hope everyone who is listening now, well, at least those people who have been listening for a long time understand that I'm just saying this, not necessarily as a counterpoint to the argument, but mm -hmm. just to kind of like show uh, both sides of the story. And yeah. I'm not arguing for it or against it. I'm just, uh, I know that the big argument for that is, um, at least from the director of Homeland Security and ICE at the time, was... Um, it's the same as getting pulled over for a DUI, whereas if you have your children in the car, when you get pulled over for a DUI, you're going to be separated from your children. Yeah. Um, and that's what he kind of had made reference to. And I think this is actually when he was talking to AOC at the time. This yeah. was a question from yeah. her. Um, and I see that argument because his, his whole part of it was um, if you're crossing the border illegally, you have committed a crime. Right. Even if you are seeking asylum, you are not doing it the correct way. We can kind of get into later, you know, maybe it's a little bit too difficult to seek asylum. You know what I mean? But just playing that counterpoint yeah. there, Brian, you can answer to it. You don't have yeah, to. I well, I don't care. No, I think that's a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was a major talking point. I think when we're separate, I think another critical aspect of this is the idea of legal and illegal immigration and all of that i have you know a level of sympathy for the people that came over and did the you know the process and took the 10 years or so i think it's like an average of 10 years and thousands and thousands of dollars to get your immigration um you know to 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 do so legally to be to be a na like an actual a natural uh, naturalized well, citizen and not even just have like your green card and all of that right and I have a tremendous amount of respect for those people. Uh, and what I will say to that is, 
you know, a lot of times they weren't necessarily in a fleeing position, right? Because they obviously were able to take the time to get a lawyer. They obviously had the funds to, you know, pay for a lawyer to get this done properly, not collect your life savings, scrape it all together and give it to a coyote to take your, you know, your child to safety. For sure. Yeah. So, and, and the other aspect is when you're driving drunk and you have children in the car, you're endangering those children. Correct. Yeah. When people are coming here, quote unquote, illegally, they are trying to flee from danger. They are protecting their children. For sure. So I, I, I and, I, and if I may, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? I, I guess, and I'm only, it's hard for me to, to try to argue the counterpoint here, but I'm only doing it because I think these are questions that should be answered. Yeah, you're showing and what I'm gonna, other people. Well, no, yeah. but what I really want to do is I want clarification for everyone listening mm-hmm. because I know this is one thing that I do know the rights counterpoints on because I've seen so many effing videos on this. <laughs> um, but uh, so your, your argument against that would be. Because you, you're saying you're not endangering their lives necessarily. Well, maybe you are. You know what I mean? It's a long trek. You're sending them a far oh, yes. ways with a person that yes. maybe you don't necessarily yes. know. Um, and you are, I guess you are technically sending them over illegally. You're sending them over purposely mm-hmm. breaking mm-hmm. a law. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's something maybe, and if you don't have any, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't discuss this no, ahead of time. No, but. no, no, absolutely. And that's the beauty of this podcast is, we try and simulate the conversation that, you know, you, the audience are going to have with people and how you feel about it, whether you agree with, you know, me or you don't agree with me. These are the kind of conversations you're going to have. Now, uh, going back to that, once again, you know, there is a big distinction between immigration and and seeking asylum. Correct. Yeah. Now, as Biden even pointed out, so I'm going to digress just a little bit to Please, get, yeah, to get current. We'll um, get back to it. Yeah. Is Biden has said, don't come right now. Meaning, I know we, I saw that interview, and yeah. I thought that was really brilliant. Like he's not, he's not. And and um, uh, Mayorkas, his Mayorkas, homeland, yeah. yeah, he had said like the border is closed. Like, mm-hmm. do not come right now. Like we are still repairing the immigration issues that were right. left behind by the previous administration. We have to fundamentally restructure things like they are taking down the detention centers the way they were laid out and you know with migrant uh with migrant young adults and teens and, and children, you know, they have these like mobile home type right. looking yeah, yeah, things yeah. to d- to detain them and it's still a carceral process. You know, meaning that they're still being essentially jailed. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's not as aggressive, but I did like that. I, I like the idea that don't come right now. We're, we're figuring our own shit out and we will help you. So save your money, save, save your, you know, save your life, save whatever you can in, in just bide some time while we figure this out. Now that also shows the level of desperation. Yeah, no, when for the, sure. And, and I, and I'm glad you, you, you stated, you know, what you were saying before with the idea that you are endangering your children and no parent is going to endanger their child just for, Oh, well it could be a slightly better life. There's a level of desperation involved that really highlights how we need to help. Like there, there is a level of desperation that these parents are giving up all of their money 
They're breaking, you know, their own laws in their countries, I'm sure. They're hiring coyotes who they hope, you know, lives up to their reputation and takes just so know, their just... two children to a new land where they do have family. A lot of times on the other end, there is family. Yeah. Just so everyone's clear, too, in case you don't know, a coyote is a person that brings someone over the border. Yes. That's something I, yes. I mean, I don't think we need to necessarily say, but just it, in It's case. a good clarification. Yeah. So We're not, they're not at, like actually giving them to small furry animals yeah. to take over the border. <laughs> and a lot of times what ends up happening is... You know, they, they do have like an aunt or an uncle here and they're trying to reconnect and, and go live with them. And yes, there's a process to that. And and you wish it was done, you know, through the traditional process of a, you know, green card and blah, 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 here nor there. I look at it and I think, well, what was the difference between my grandmother who came over at nine by herself from Ireland through Ellis Island to live with her aunt? And I look at it through my own family history. I'm like, there was no difference. There maybe, was maybe the number of people coming at that time. Yeah. But I mean, it, that, I that mean pe- people were flooding Ellis Island from Europe, right? In different waves, yeah. Yeah. It so, wasn't like a continuous thing like we're seeing right now. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I mean, so like that's, I mean, I don't know. The times were different then, too. You didn't have to worry about weirdos or less weirdos, maybe. I mean, we had mafias come, you know, and, you know, Irish gangs and stuff like that, too. Yeah. I mean, Hellcat Maggie. Yeah. So I, <sighs> great whiskey, right? Yeah. But I meant the actual person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> I, I, what I'm saying is, is like, is there a real difference, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to play the car like, oh, well, my grandma was white. They're brown or. I, I, don't I don't think, think that's it had anything necessary. to do with that because even at that time, Irish people were seen is yeah, the, yeah. Ar- around this. I, I, I mean, I don't want to. They were they were they were considered same with, same way with they're considered, considered secondhand citizens. Yeah, yeah, same with Italians. Um, but when I look at this, I'm like, man, you know, that was a similar situation. My grandmother, her parents were dying. Uh, one one had already passed, and I think the other one was dying, and then it was like, okay. We're going to go send her to live with her aunt. Her brother is going one way. Her other, si- I, her sister went to England. Her brother mm-hmm. went to Scotland. Yeah. And then she went to America. And she came on boat by herself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I believe it was her great, my great aunt Rose, you know, they met eventually. But it the was like from the, the Titanic, days. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I look at these things and I'm like, man. This is this is a very important question to start solving. And I feel like we're more aware of a lot of the issues because every single major political issue right now is coming to a head. And I'm not talking about major political issues that you would see on Tucker Carlson about like potato head or cancel culture. Who gives a shit about that? What I care about is climate change, economic crisis, immigration, things like this. These are very impactful things. And it, it, it feels like everything is coming to a head under like and Biden is inheriting. And I will say part of that reason is because of the previous administration's missteps in most of these cases exacerbated those systems by either tearing them down or manipulating them or doing whatever. I think it exacerbated the situation, and now it's, like, even more daunting. Well, and it's hard, too, because, like, and um, this is not me picking on Biden, but, like, he's older. He doesn't have the same energy as a younger president would have, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so it's, like, it's a lot being thrown on him all at once. 
And so, you know, I mean, I, I think that's maybe why me a little bit more is falling on uh, Kamala. Um, well, and, and, and as, as it should, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's a lot to cover for any president, but especially a guy who's, you know, almost in his eighties. Well, and it's not, it, I mean, really the president doesn't do a lot of the day-to-day work. They delegate and just go. But what yeah. I will say is it's just all at once. Like yeah. if, if he was just dealing with the pandemic and the vaccination rollout, that's a difficult thing, and he's done a very, very good job. And now it's the you know economic stimulus and and stuff like that, and you know there's been a lot coming his way, and it's like he hasn't even had the opportunity to, um, you know, deal with those things fully. And now it's a whole nother thing, and it's like oh, blizzard in Texas, we got to get funds down there, and oh, now it's a you know a large wave of, you know, migrant people rushing to the border trying to get in, you know, and and you were saying some of the numbers, you know, to put this in perspective, they are opening a convention center in Dallas to house these people and and just the migrant teens, right? This isn't like they are not, they will turn away. They will turn away adults Mm -hmm. or families, right? And that's because they cannot turn away. And this is a big difference between the Trump administration and the Biden administration, which right. I appreciate, is like a coyote might have gotten them to the border. The coyote isn't waiting them to be received. They're right. gone trying to make their next, you know, X amount of money. They're gone. They're trying to hustle again. They're gone. And that migrant child, teen, child, whatever, is sitting at the border or like just past the border and like they need they can't walk home. They can't walk home to Honduras. Well, that was a big thing with the, with the Trump administration too, is um, when they were deporting all these people, when they were turning them away at the border, they were just sending them back to Mexico, not necessarily back to their place of residency. Mm-hmm. So if they were from Honduras or if they were from Guatemala, El Salvador, that's not where they were sending them back to. They were yeah. just getting them back into Mexico and yeah. like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own in a country you didn't anticipate being at. By yourself with, with no family. money, no family. Like you're, I mean, just imagine that. Like for you listeners, if you've never traveled anywhere, I have never been outside the country. But if Me you, as is, is a 35 year old man, if you dumped me in, we'll say Saudi Arabia with no money, no phone, no, no, no people to rely on, like how long am I going to make it? And I have, you know, <clears throat> the ability to reason through things and, you know, slowly put together, you know, a plan, but like, how am I going to survive? And that's what's, what was happening. And another thing that I think, I don't think it's a fault of the Biden administration. I think it's a, a good thing. They did, they did repeal some of the rigidity of, of the Trump immigration policy. Like they repealed a lot of the, the, very dehuman dehumanizing aspects of it in my opinion where we're turning you away sorry you're a kid you're by yourself sorry you know it is what it is bye but the problem with that is is you repealed it and you didn't have anything in place right yeah and from a political standpoint and i'm not saying i agree with this but from a political standpoint you could have utilized that policy to give yourself more time and said hey that's the trump policy we're trying to figure it out and, and, you know, create a system where we can, you know, handle people and then blamed it on the Trump administration and utilize that policy. Now, I think that would have been 
cruel, but politically it would have been the uh, an easy play. Oh, it's easy to blame things because on what's yeah. when we're looking at it now, you know, Governor Abbott and all these Republicans are yeah, saying, Biden, you're not doing enough. It's like, dude, I took not only like I didn't even take over the Obama administration's immigration policy. Right. If I would have done that, I could have slowly built upon that. But I'm starting at square one and I have to rebuild everything. So there's a lot of issue. And, you know, he didn't buy himself a lot of political time. But I think that's, you know, what's best for these people coming. Like they're not, you know, going to be stranded. Yeah, it's hard. This And this is a this is a hard conversation for me because, like, um, first of all, it's sad. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's so so sad. Like the situation that the, these people are dealing with. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, like my immigration policy, my immig- my idea on immigration is probably a little bit more strict and a little bit tighter than yours. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's okay. Yeah. That, you know, we yeah. can disagree on that point. Um, but never in a million years, and if I were writing the policy, would I ever say turn away a child? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's hard to hear that, and it's you know what I mean. It's hard too because like imagine be, like I'm a parent. I could never even fucking imagine mm-hmm. having to send my child away to another country without me. Yeah. You know, that's it to me. And, and I don't mean this meanly, like I'm not saying this at the parents, but it's fucked up. It's just, yeah. it's, you know, on this week's episode of how fucked up is fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> and like, um, and that, you know, I'm it, yeah. point that out Kev, is like you're creating, and this is what I was trying to do earlier by painting the picture of the lives of these people. You know, they're not they're not well off and saying, hey, I want to send my kid to university like America's good. I'll pay a coyote to take him there. Like this isn't a situation where, you know, you're you're just trying to achieve the quote unquote American dream. Right. You're just trying to survive. You're looking for safety at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. And my my child might die. I, I have I have to survive, you know, with my family for a dollar and 25 cents a day and I can't do it. I'm not making it like I can't make that work. Right. Right. So I think you did a really nice job of painting that picture. And I just want to continue emphasizing some of these points, like living on a dollar 25 a day, feeling like you're in the midst of a, a gang war and, and stuff like that, where people are running. These are human beings running for their lives. And some instances, they're doing all they can to help their kids run for their lives. And when I think about that as a father and, you know, a former teacher, and I look at young people trying to just survive, I have a hard time ever turning that away. Well, this is very similar to our conversation on, uh, like the pandemic response. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. stimulus checks, things like that. Yeah. Whereas normally I'm very conservative on like finance, um, you know what I mean? It was a totally different situation, you know, something that's unprecedented, something that hasn't come about before. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. here's this 4,700 children, you know, I'm mean, teenagers. I don't care. They're teenagers. The teenagers are children as well. In yeah. my mind, you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. You're under 18 years old. Even 18 year olds are kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can say that cause I'm an old man, <laughs> but you've got I, them. I'm older than you. Well, barely. <laughs> um, you look better. And so, um, 
it's the same situation where you have a whole lot of people coming over and it's like you can't just turn them away. You know what I mean? Despite what your your political leaning is or what you feel your party believes in, you know, now's not the time to bring that about. Now is the time to think about, okay, here's the situation that we have. How do we fix it? Yeah. And I think, you know, when when talking about immigration or seeking asylum, we have to start to think of, well, why are we so opposed to certain things? You know, are we worried about, you know, them, quote unquote, taking jobs or, you know, they're going to cost the system money? Is it for security? Is it for population control? Like, what are the real reasons? And when we look at any of those reasons, right, when we talk about money, they, they bring money into the economy. They're another person, another consumer. And in fact, when, when, you know, illegal immigrants come over, you know, their taxes all stay in. Like when we're talking right now, you and I, and you know, off air, we're talking about our tax refunds. We're excited. Oh yeah. Very. They're not getting tax refunds that, that those taxes, those payroll taxes, those sales taxes, those income taxes are all going into the government. So it's like, okay, is it a money thing? Well, not really. Well, and I think that that's something that you and I would probably agree on is once they're here, you know what I mean? Like. Now is the time to get them situated. Now is the time to get them the social security number. Now is the time to uh, naturalize them as quick as possible. Because if you're here, like, I want everyone, I hate paying my taxes, but like, if I have to do it, I want everybody to. It's kind of like, the, right. it's, it's like the scenario of like misery loves company. Right. You know what I mean? And not, not, not to mention, like you're saying, so um, again, this is probably something else we can agree on. It's like, well, this is great because now the government's going to be making more money. Yes. You know what I mean? So like. I mean, I, I never want there to be a scenario where we're just overpacked. You exactly. know what I mean? That we have to invade Canada and take some of their land. <laughs> I, I hope I hope we don't ever have to do that. It's even colder there. Quick digression, actually. I yeah. wanna, this is a total digression, and this is going to hopefully make everyone laugh because we're talking about sad shit today. Um, I'll never forget, I was at my dad's 50th birthday party. Uh-huh. It was in my parents' backyard, and yeah. it was packed. I mean, jam-packed. It was awesome. And one of my sister's friends came there and got a little loose on the juice, if you know what I mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> and was trying to tell me that Canada was going to invade the U.S., and that like they were already coming down through Oregon. And it, his whole story, it had to do with hockey. They didn't like the fact that we had taken over like the NHL or whatever. And so they were coming through. They were already going to be secretly attacking Oregon and making their way down to California. And we were all going to be Canadian citizens within the year. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The MICTA plan. Yeah, but no. Make Canada take over America. Got it. Yeah, well, look out, Canada. We're coming for you when we need more space. But no, so what I was saying, though, um, off my jocular note, um, is I would never want us to be at the point where we need more space, like where we just don't have the space to fit everybody. Yeah. And never do I want to have to take down like national forests to build housing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, so I like that, that. that's, you know, that's always something to kind of keep in the back of your mind as well. Yeah. But again, we're not in that scenario right now. It's yeah. not the time to be even thinking about it. Exactly. And, and, you know, we can look at this almost as a humanitarian effort, right? We're, we're, we're saving people in the global community. And, and I think you really touched on a good point is like space and, and all that. We, we definitely have the space. I mean, you look in, in the Great Plains and all that. There's a lot of open space. And now I know, granted, most people would immig- immigrate to, you know, urban areas, metropolitan areas, because that's where the, the majority of jobs are. Yeah. But, you know, the government could get involved and in, in, in make programs in certain areas to build those, love, you know, w- whatever the case is. But then we also talk about security and, and like, 
you know, the, the major talking point for the Trump administration was like, they're all MS-13. They're all rapists and murderers and, and stuff and, like that. And some, and some of them are. Some of them are cartel members. Perhaps. I don't well, I perhaps. wouldn't say perhaps. There's got to Brian, I, with the I, amount of drugs they're coming into this country, I'm sure some of them are mules. And all but I, I'm not saying say I don't know the percentage. Allegedly, whatever. Yeah. What I will say is this: when we look at the actual statistics behind that, when we look at immigrant communities, they have lower crime rates, they have lower unemployment rates. People are working. We can look at those statistics and say, you know, immigrant communities are actually really, really beneficial to the American government to to the American culture and to the American society as a whole. So when we look at those things, we have to keep that in mind. The overwhelming, it's, it's an overwhelming net positive than it is a net negative, right? There, there's an overwhelming amount of good that are coming from those situations. So that's something to keep in mind when we talk about, okay, money, security, um, overpopulation, a lot of those things, they don't actually they don't actually supply the argument of being harsher towards immigration. So I think that's a, that's a, a key point when we have these discussions now to, to go back to what you were saying is mm -hmm. I don't want to be overwhelmed. And it, it, right. we, it, we're, this isn't a trickle in where we're like, Oh, well, we, we got to figure something out. People are trickling in. This is a major wave of people. It feels like a tsunami of people. And we have to start dealing with it. And I, I think Mayorkas and, and Biden are doing a good job but we really need to develop a long-term plan. Stop kicking the can down the road with a lot of other things. And, and you and I were talking earlier, like a lot of things are coming to a head under the Biden administration, whether it's climate change, whether it's immigration, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the economy, all of these things are coming to a head right as he's, you know, it's his first hundred days still. And they're all coming to a head. And it's like, we're in crisis mode with all of these things. We have to make moves now. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, I would say that the pandemic is now that we've acquired the vaccines that we've that we've needed. Didn't, didn't they say July or June? June. We'll have enough vaccines to vaccinate anybody who wants oh, to by June. By the end of May. So oh, by yeah, the end of May, June. they, yeah, they upped they, it. Okay. they upped it, and Sweet. they keep upping it. That's that's the crazy part. Is yeah. like. They keep moving it up because they've obtained more vaccines. The logistics have been, you know, properly handled. Right. There's more money going towards the logistics of, of the whole situation. Right. But so, I would say we're, yeah. we're slowly coming out of crisis point with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we're there yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? There's still a lot of cases happening every day, but the vaccines are starting to roll out. Mm -hmm. So I'd say we've got that under control. Mm -hmm. We've got the stimulus out. Okay. I know that we still, and we've talked about this. I think there needs to be, a, you know what I mean? even probably even a fourth. Yeah. I, I, I don't know so. if the talks are happening yet. I'm just saying, cause we do know that this is going to be kind of like a not now, but later kind of thing where we're going to be yeah. dealing with the issues, you know, um, like we were saying in the podcast with Jason, you know what I mean? The food banks aren't needed now, but they're going to be needed in six months. Cause people, all these bills that are stacking up, they're going to be coming back to people and $1,400 is beautiful, but it's not going to be enough to pay for everything that we've yeah. missed out on. Yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? But we've at least kind of got a little bit of a hold on that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, people got Absolutely. their $1,400, um, more for families. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I feel like now is going to be the time to really focus on this, 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 I'm, 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 I'm one of the people that's going to call it a crisis at the border. That's fair. 
because I'm not looking at what necessarily even what it is today, but we've already gotten to the point where we are, like you said, is it, was it Dallas or was it Houston where they're opening up the convention? Center? Dallas. Oh, it is Dallas. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, That's I thought what it was I Houston. I don't know. I was listening to Abbott talk the other day. It was kind of embarrassing. Um, yeah. I, you know, he doesn't seem like an awful guy other than the fact that he like fled during the time that we were supposed to yeah, be like Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's pretty bad. But um, anyways, um, my, my point is this, is like, it, it is that point where like, we're, we're over, they're overwhelmed. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on yes. down there. Like, yes. it's time to get shit done. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. time to sit around and wait. It's not a time to complain about everything else that's going on. It's time to, to get in there, get your fucking hands dirty. And I am a little bit disappointed that instead of going down there right now, Biden is, Biden and Harris are basically just going around and doing like a, uh, a national tour of like, look at what we did for the stimulus and here's how you can use it. Not that that doesn't need to be done, the how to, how to use it part. But I'm just saying like sometimes there's things that take precedence and like this is like... Well, that's what I'm saying is like everything is coming to a head and, and I it understand becomes that. very I understand difficult that. I understand that. and you have to allocate your time. And, you know, you and I were talking like, you know, about Biden and it's like he's he's mainly delegating. He's giving out yeah, the general sure. idea. He's, he's got an eight o'clock he's, bedtime. He's the big picture guy, you know, and then there's the day to day people yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Here's something I want to throw out to you. And it's Please. not I haven't heard anything about it. this, but <laughs> what I will say is, you know, I, what about working with Mexico? Like, wouldn't this be the opportunity to start okay, rebuilding? God, I'm so fucking glad you're saying this. Keep yeah. saying it. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to repair the relationship instead of building the wall and like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah, make yeah, Mexico yeah. pay for Build it. a tunnel. No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Not like that. Build Just a relationship. Like a tube. Sorry. A tube. Yeah. Build a relationship between America and, and Mexico yeah. again. Well, in and all say, the Central hey, American states. Yeah, but Central like, South America. But really, with with Mexico first, because you know economically they're more sound and everything, and we have to like we can't just turn people away at the border and say, oh, you know, you deal with it, Mexico, like the Trump administration right, said. Right. So how about we start to like, if it's a money thing, is it a space thing? Is it a security thing? Is it like all of those things that you know the problems we were talking about or that I was mentioning earlier? How about we tackle those things with Mexico, with them, and say, hey. We're having this issue of immigration. I don't want to just dump them on your porch and say, well, they can't come here. You know, like it's Forrest Gump can't sit here. Mm -hmm. And then you're Jenny and you got to take, you know, you got to take them on your porch. No, I I say, hey, let's start to work at building a really strong border patrol between the two countries and really figure out, make it a team game. Right. Figure it out. I don't know how. I don't know the exact and the, answer. The, the issue with that is you've got a country that is run by a drug cartel. I know that they're really fighting against it now, but it is deeply embedded in what they do as a country. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have a lot of money in politics there. And so if, you know, you're you're only as strong as the weakest link there. You know what I mean? And, and I'm just throwing it, yeah. this out there. Yeah. It's not my biggest concern. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I think that it does. It, it could become an issue. You don't know. You know what I mean. You don't know what they're doing with these kids that get turned away. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's are they true. pushing them into the cartel? Are they having them be mules? Are they having? You know what I mean? Because I don't want any of that either. I, I do think so, but I do like the team. I like the team idea. Well, you're building a global community, and you're saying, "Hey, we're in this together. We're not. We're not dumping people on your door." You're not sending people right through our border. It's like working together to find solutions, you know, even with immigration, like right. me- Mexican immigrants. A lot of these people that are coming on the caravans, you know, are seeking asylum for countries that are, you know, 
like I said, Honduras, El Salvador, and, and so on, Venezuela, whatever. They are coming from countries other than Mexico and then right. landing on Mexico's doorstep. And it's like, okay, well, it's not Mexico's problem either. But in a way, it's everyone's problem. It's a global community issue. Yeah. And how can we involve as many people as possible so right. it's not just a U.S. problem. Yeah. It's not just a Mexico problem. It's a North America problem. 100% agree. And even get Canada involved. Like, yeah. hey, you know, how can Canada help the situation? It's a North America problem. Now you're rebuilding those relationships that, let's be honest, with especially Canada, but then like France and Germany, which wouldn't, per, you know. Right, 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 right. You know, Every, count no, towards not, this. not a lot of people are leaving France and Germany <clears throat> right, right But now. what I'm saying, yeah, but like in terms of rebuilding those relationships with our allies, right. this is a time where we can say, hey, we need you. We're not in the point of leverage. Yeah. We want to approach this as a team. Uncle game. Sam. Yeah, we want to, we, we, we want need you. your help. And this is a moment where we can start to come back together. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Is it, uh, is it Switzerland or is it Sweden? Which country is it like you have to have a college degree to come on in? Oh, I don't know. I've heard that. I don't know if that's even true. Somebody said that. Fact check me for sure right now. A, a college and, degree? Yeah. And while you're fact checking that, um, here's my thought too. And this is a silly thought. So take it as such, please. Um, and if it's too silly, we're going to edit it out and post. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, at what, so, so one thing I hate and one reason I liked Tulsi Gabbard so much, Tulsi, I'm so sorry, sweetie. I haven't brought you up in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but here, one thing that she really said a lot, what brought up a lot was that she hated the regime change wars. Yes. And I agree 100%. Yes. So now if we are wasting that time and energy and money on like regime change wars, like in the Middle East uh, and in places Central like America. Central America. Okay. At what point yeah. do we say you are not treating your citizens right and just go down there and take over? And I mean that totally jocularly. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say a, a lot of the a lot of the instability <laughs> that we see, you know, when we is look, because of us. Yeah, when we look at Central America and the instability there, like economic instability, um, you know, the drug cartels having so much power. A lot of that can be traced back to the United States of America. CIA. Similarly, when we talk about you know terrorism coming from the Middle East, the Again, instability yeah. can come. You, we we trace, we trace it back, it back to, here. I mean, we gave the guns to Osama bin Laden, right, to yeah. fight the Russians in Afghanistan. So when we look at the things that we're paying the price now, right, the sins of our father, we're paying right. those prices, right? The instability caused by Central America is causing, you know, after 20, 30 years of it, has now caused people to flock elsewhere, right. and they're coming to America. So really, we're paying the bill. We just are, we're finally, you know, being presented that bill. And yeah. now we need to figure out a way to pay it. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. That really is. But here's the thing. And, and I alluded to this earlier, is that this is becoming such a political game, and I hate that. Right. And that's why I focus so much on humanizing the people coming, talking about empathy, talking about immigration as a, as a, uh, it's an issue that requires a level of humanity that we don't need to apply to some other issues right. politically. And going forward, you know, when you have these conversations, I think it's so imperative and it, it, it shifts your frame of mind, your your frame of reference when you start to humanize these people. It's very easy to say, yeah, there's a caravan of people 
uh, coming. We should turn them away. It's 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 not safe for our country, and we got to care about you know our homeless. We got to care about our people first. But when you start to talk about hey, this is a third like you talk to someone who has a thirteen year old child and say hey, this is a thirteen year old from Honduras, you know, fleeing a drug war and right. trying to just be alive. Yeah. I mean, are you going to turn away a 13-year-old running down the street scared for their life? Nope. No. You're going to say, get in the house. I'll protect you. We'll call the police. We'll figure it out from there. Right. But we need to save you first. Yeah. And that's what's happening just that's in larger great, numbers. Great analogy. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it, that's, it, it's, that's it's solid. It's really what it's all about is like, we'll figure shit out. Yeah. But f for the love of God, let's save people first. Yeah. Let's at least make sure that they stay alive. We're not turning them away at the border right. and saying, shit, you're out of luck, kid. Well, and that's a scary thing, too, to think about as well, because the issue that you run into as well is that think about how many orphans there are in the U.S. Yeah. How many unadopted orphans and how sad that really is. Yeah. Um, and God bless those people who adopt. I think that's just such an amazing thing. Absolutely. Um, but now you're going to run into this issue because not everyone coming across the border has family. Some of those people are going to go into foster care or, or orphanages. You know what I mean? And it just adds to that number. You know what I mean? And it's more funding that's needed to take care of them um, because you don't want the standards of care to go down either. You know what I mean? You only want an increase when it comes to that. So it's it's a really scary thing to think about. It's a really sad thing to think about. And to be honest with you, I, so I, I texted Brian last night when I was doing a little bit of research for this. And the first thing I said to him is, Holy shit, this is depressing. I'm definitely watching The Office tonight. <laughs> and I have that luxury. Yeah. And I thought about that too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's a roof over my children's house right now. Yeah. They live in a country that has flaws, but it's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. No, you know and, what I mean? And, so, and like, that's so true. I will say this. Please. Um, I don't have the statistic, but I was reading that the majority of, of those teens coming over do have family here. So and that's they, good. So, and that's but solid. So, so yeah, that's, that's one thing to that. keep in mind. Um, and that was an, another issue with, mm -hmm. with the Trump administration was the idea of um, pulling the families apart and mm -hmm. then never reunifying them. So I think going forward, I think the Biden administration will be far more cognizant of if people are getting separated at the border, right. we really have to maintain good record keeping going, you know, and so on. And I think that's why he was saying, like, don't come right now. Yeah. Like, I, we, we just Solid our move. system is Solid overwhelmed. Move. We need to figure this out. So when you if you do have to seek asylum, maybe we make that, you know, asylum process easier right. or whatever the case yeah. is. We have our ducks in a row and we can process it properly so we don't just have kids going, you know, it, we're still trying to figure out, you know, different family, you know, family dynamics that, you know, kids were torn away and they still haven't found their parents or whatever. They don't know if they were deported or not and all that. And I think that's something going forward that, you know, the Biden administration has been very thoughtful about. But once again, action is needed. And, and I hope that they and I think this is at their forefront of their minds. But we really need to start developing a strategy that isn't just short-sighted. It's not just only about right now, but well, it has the, the short yeah. game and the long game, right? That's the issue. Is like everything that we've done in this country has basically been some sort of a Band-Aid fix. Yes. And you know what I mean? And that's why we have even more problems now than we've had in the past. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the Band-Aids start to come off at some point. You know what yeah, I mean? Duct tape. Absolutely. As much as I hate to admit it, duct tape only holds for so long. <laughs> at some point, you do have to weld those pieces back together. I'm going to have to talk to someone about my furnace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Brian. Anything else to add here? No. And, and what I will say is this. 
Uh, one last thing. Thanks to all our listeners. Yes. Uh, you support us. You like. You share. Um, you you support us via Patreon. You've bought gear in the past. All of these things help support us. You're continuing to spread the community word, and we're so appreciative of that. And and going forward, if, if you do come across and you haven't, you you're a listener and you haven't been shouted out, shoot us a message. We want to call it out on on air. Yeah, you know. And did I, we shout out Ryan last time? I don't, I don't know if we, we did. did. Yeah, Ryan, this is a shout out to you, buddy. You stopped by when I was working on Saturday night and you said, what's up? You told us you've been listening to us. Yeah. And not only that, but he said that he agrees with me more often than not. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why you get the shout out. Fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll shout out. I'll shout out Stetson. Um, I had a really good conversation with him and he is someone who leans on the other side of the spectrum than probably, well, certainly me and even more so than you. Oh, wow. And um, he was like, I really enjoy it. I don't agree with everything, but the way you guys talk about it, it's a really good conversation to listen to. And I, I thought that was great. And we want you to have those conversations with your people. And that's yeah. why we have these conversations with us. here. Join the community. Yeah. Talk with us. Brian's on Facebook. I'm not. <laughs> but if there's something cool that's said... He'll tell me. And and now we're getting on TikTok? Yeah, we're on the talks. We're on we're on the talk. We're doing yeah. it all. And, we and may, we, maybe we should do Instagram reels, too. We should. I'm on, Oh, wait. I do the Instagram. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but what I will say is thanks so much for joining the community. We, we really appreciate you. We love you. Do good. Be great. I'll see you next time. Lead with empathy. Love you guys. <laughs> well, guys, we're here. We've made it to the end. Wait, 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 wait. Kevin, Kevin. We got to thank our sponsors. What sponsors? Well... We, we haven't gotten any official sponsors yet, but we do have Patreons. Oh. And we should let people know that they can join our Patreon for subscribing from 5 to 10 to $20. Any amount helps. Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. If you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also support us by buying some of our awesome clothing at madlibspodcast.threadless.com. And that's a win, win, win. Win. <laughs> Also, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we would love for you to follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.